God's grace and his mercy and his peace are all yours. From the Father, through our Savior, Jesus Christ, by the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God's word for his people is our gospel lesson for today from Luke chapter 12. Jesus says, I have come to bring fire on earth and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have baptism to undergo and what constraint I am under until it's completed. Do you think I came to bring peace to earth? No, I tell you, but division. This is God's word. Loved ones, anticipating hardship when you hear the truth is often more difficult than actually going through it. They're downsizing, you hear at work. And it's hard not to hear that, even if it's just a rumor and they say, but I'm sure, I'm sure it's just a rumor. You go home and your family is talking with you, but you're not really there. You can't sleep. It's all that you seem to be able to think about it. And then the news comes, and sure enough, not only are they downsizing, but you're one of the layoffs. And you can't explain it. Even though it's tough, and there's some initial shock, you find yourself just getting back to work, looking for work, at peace with not only what happened, but with whatever the Lord has in store for you in the future. Sometimes anticipating something hard is worse to go through than the thing itself. In the words of Jesus today, we we hear a hard truth hitting Jesus himself, our, our very human Savior. For the first time, really, in any of the records that we have of Jesus' life in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, we hear Jesus not only talking about the terrible suffering and, and death that he was going to go through, but we hear him indicate that it really, really bothers him that he's going to. Thinking ahead to the, the, the horrible, violent death that he was going to go through, was getting closer and it was hitting home. But he said, not only is it going to be bad for me, but I'm not alone. Anyone who says says that they're my follower ought to expect trouble themselves. Trouble that hurts, trouble that hits home. But it's trouble that God promises to help us through. So listen carefully to what Jesus says when the truth of Christ hits home. Jesus' parables were were becoming increasingly more about heaven and hell and what comes next in life and, and not so much about life, the life of his followers here on earth. He told a parable of this man who had such a great year a bumper crop as a farmer, that he was able to afford to tear down the barns that he had, build up new ones, store them full, and knew that he was going to be able to live off all of the proceeds for the rest of his life. He was going to be able to retirement, that, to retire. That's how good his, his year was. And Jesus said, it's not a sin to be that rich, but it is a sin if you are only rich for this world and not rich in your faith towards God. 
not rich in your assurance of the forgiveness of sins. And he said, what do you think happened to that man when God said, it's great, you've got all these big barns that are full and you can retire, but what happens if you die tonight? It means hell when Jesus returns. But before Jesus returns, he said something has to happen first. He says, I have a baptism to be baptized with and how it consumes me until it is finished. You know, baptism has two meanings in the Bible. The first one, the one that we, we most often use, is the physical baptism with water. When, when water is poured out over someone in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and attached to that is this promise that God washes away the Holy Spirit washes away your sins and, and gives you the gifts of the Holy Spirit, faith and forgiveness of sins. But we know that this isn't what Jesus was talking about being baptized because he had already been baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River some time before. There's a second meaning to the word baptism in the Bible and that means when, when something is, is figuratively poured out on you, something that just consumes you, something that, that, that changes your life and the way that you are. And that's something Jesus said that was consuming him is the anger of God over our sin. You know, there is, there is nothing about sin, your sin, that is pretty. Nothing is nice. But we want to treat it that way as a, a way of sort of making ourselves feel better about ourselves. And we make a deadly mistake when we do that. The Bible tells us our sins have separated us from God. That's serious. You know, it's one thing to get a cut on your finger. Usually you can deal with that with a band-aid or maybe some stitches. But if you do nothing about that cut, put no pressure on it, that cut's going to get infected that cut that isn't so serious is suddenly going to get serious. And if you continue to do nothing about that cut, the infection is going to grow, it's going to be, get, get, turn into gangrene, and the only thing that's going to keep you from being even more sick is by separating that part of your body that got cut from you. God is holy. That's the way that God describes, I suppose you could say, his health. That's, he is in such a good state that he has no sin at all. Nothing in him and he can't stand it. And if sin comes along in one of the people that are part of him, that are part of his body, then he's got to take that seriously. Your sin is the cut in the body of Christ of which he is the head. And that threatens his holiness if you just let it go. In fact, if you continue to let sin go, if you just say it's not that serious, it's not that bad, it's only going to grow and multiply in your life until it turns into gangrene, and until it pushes out every remnant of faith in your life. As you're saying to yourself, my sin isn't that bad, well, if your sin isn't that bad, then why do you need a Savior? And if you're asking yourself, well, why do I need a Savior? That's not faith. That's unbelief. And if that is the state in which a person dies, the only way to deal with that 
is eternally cutting that person off and you're lost forever. Jesus doesn't want that. Jesus said, I came to bring fire to the earth and how I wish it were already set ablaze. Jesus said he hates sin and he can have nothing to do with it. But if you want to hold on to your sin instead of repenting for it, then you're going to experience eternal separation from God. Jesus is very clear about that. But see, there's something else that Jesus can't stand besides sin, and that is the thought of you being away from him forever. He can't stand it so much that even though he knew what kind of anger God has over our sin, even though he knows very well what what a person deserves for their sin, he says, you know what, I'm going to go through that instead of you. He would rather have God's wrath poured out on him than see it happen to you. He knew he was going to be baptized with the complete price of your sin. That meant he knew that, that, that his closest friends were going to leave him. That meant he knew his family was going to be embarrassed by him. That meant he knew that his government that was supposed to protect him because he was an innocent man was going to order his execution and it was going to be brutal and violent and painful. And that's what he went through so that you don't have to. Because he loves you. Your sins are forgiven because Jesus was baptized with God's anger over sin. But before we think that the suffering was all his, Jesus said that those who follow him ought to expect trouble. It's just one of those things that happens when a person follows Jesus. It's going to have an effect on you and it's going to have an effect on the people closest to you. Let me read something to you that should sound familiar. Do you intend faithfully to conform all your life to the teachings of God's word, to be faithful in the use of word and sacrament, and in faith and action remain true to God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as long as you live? You were asked that, many of you, in front of a church full of people, and you gladly said, I do so intend, and I ask God to help me. And not only that, but you beamed with pride when your children said the same thing, and you beamed with even more pride when your grandchildren said the same thing as they were confirmed and the faith was passed down from one generation to the next. But then, that pride kind of wore off, and that smile turned to an expression of sadness as you noticed that these loved ones of yours who promised to be faithful to Jesus all their life suddenly found reasons not to. Found reasons to say, I can't make it to church today. Seemed more and more uncomfortable as you wanted to talk about God or pray in your home. Found reasons to, when you invited them, to just kind of not be there. Maybe somebody said something to them at church that they didn't like and they used that as an excuse. Maybe they moved away and said, you know what, I'll, I'll get back to church when things have settled down and, and I get less busy and they just got more and more busy. And you find less and less in common with your loved ones at home when it comes to Jesus. Jesus. The hard truth is that 
people, even people you live with and people you love, can fall away from Jesus. And it ha- when it happens, it hit home. Jesus says, do you think I came to give peace here on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, five in one household will be divided. Three against two and two against three. And even if you've learned to talk about other things, the hard truth is families are divided over Christ. What does Jesus want you to do? Does he want you to fight? Yes, he does. Does that mean he wants you to get into religious arguments and, and even add insults to the, when, when you're doing just so that you can say you won the argument? No, that's not the kind of fight that he was talking about. Remember what our second reading said today. It said, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world of powers of darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. Jesus says, I want you to fight the fight that I fought. Not against the people that you love, but for the people that you love. Be determined to struggle, to do everything you can. Not only to prepare yourself for when Jesus returns, but to prepare your loved ones too. Fight the thought that there's nothing I can do and pray and keep praying Pray for the Holy Spirit to come to your loved ones to work faith in their heart so that they believe. Pray that the Holy Spirit make you brave enough to keep bringing it up and tactful enough to do so in a way that says you're important to God and you're important to me. Fight the thought that nothing I say will matter and remember the promises of God. For the Word of God is living and effective and sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit. And say something. An invitation to church, a prayer before your meal, a thought about having God help you through a tough time or a thought about a blessing that he's given you. Fight the thought that our big mission in life is to keep peace in our families here on earth and instead to bring the peace of God to other people's hearts. There was this 82-year-old man, I think he was at the time, he was the guy that, that mowed our church lawn and he, he would come in to my office when he was done just about every week and usually it was with some concern that he had and, or he just wanted to talk and, and he had a small smile on his face or a small frown depending on what he wanted to talk about but one week it was a big smile. You see, to give you a little of his family history, his wife had died in an accident at a very young age leaving him alone to raise three children until he met a, another woman who had seven children of her own, but they were slightly older. So his three children, they raised, brought to church, told them about Jesus, taught them to pray and to live according to God's will. But the other three were not, or the, the other seven stepchildren of his were not so interested. But that didn't stop him from loving them, considering them his own. And so he was constantly talking about wanting to reach out to them. Sometimes they would have these family gatherings, 60 to 75 people there, and everyone was blood-related except the pastor because he wanted me to try to come talk to them. And he came in with a big, bright smile on his face and says, I think I got one. (laughs) And one of his great-grandchildren hadn't been baptized yet, and so he talked to this granddaughter-in-law of his and said, she wants her baptized. 
I said, that's great. Let's talk with her. He goes, well, he says, here's the thing. If we baptize her, could we baptize nine more that are interested? <laughs> I said, sure. Everyone from the, 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 the four-month-old baby to the 64-year-old daughter of his and ages in between. And there were plenty in his house, still 40 more that left a house divided. But that day, after his, his encouragement, after his praying, after his refusing to give up, or, or after his continual fight against the battles to do nothing, to say nothing, the Holy Spirit did his work and ten of his family were baptized. There's no guarantees. The Holy Spirit goes where he pleases and works hearts. He never forces anyone to faith. But you know what? He's very powerful. He does his work and promises to work through us as we encourage and pray, as we fight. Fight the thought that, that reaching out to those that we love will be hard. Of course it will, Jesus says. But remember that anticipating what a hard truth means for us is often more difficult than going through it. Might you get ridiculed or yelled at or uninvited to some family things if you reach out? Yeah. But Jesus says the gospel divides. But it also warms the heart. And remember that as you do, you have Jesus' promise that he will be with you. You have Jesus' promise that he will work on people's hearts and he will take care of whatever comes your way and he will bless you with a stronger faith as you cling to his promises of forgiveness and eternal life and do everything you can to fight to share them with those you love. This is God's word.